Welcome to Herb W. Morgan's Slaying Bulls and Bears, a podcast about economics, markets, investing, politics, and profit. Every Monday, in less than 20 minutes, Wall Street portfolio manager Herb W. Morgan distills the complex and complicated into the simple and sensical. Here's Herb now. Good morning. It's Monday, December 19th, 2022. This will likely be my last economic and market commentary for the calendar year as I'm headed out on vacation over the holidays. Of course, if there are major surprise developments in the markets, we'll uh, make sure we get this out to you as well. But uh, barring that, expect this to be the last of the year. Uh, this is Herb Morgan, Senior Managing Director, Chief Investment Officer here at Efficient Market Advisors. Everything you're about to see and or hear is designed for use with investors or financial advisors, but of course, each are expected to make their own investment decisions. Nothing contained in the presentation should be treated as investment advice. There are no recommendations for the purchase or sale of any security. This is for informational purposes only. Here's some information. Last week was a lot of red in the markets. The US Federal Reserve through the FOMC, the Federal Open Market Committee, met, decided to hike interest rates 50 basis points at a time when the economy is clearly in a downturn, despite better than expected news on CPI inflation readings, and despite poor readings, uh, flash readings on services and manufacturing, Fed indicated that it would continue to raise rates and that the terminal rate for the Fed fund rates would be higher than the market predicts and would be there for a longer period of time. Recommitting themselves to the fight against inflation, which the equity market saw as uh, perhaps overshooting, just as they overshot on the downside when they were providing stimulus and zero interest rates. Because of that, equity markets sold off across the board two to two and a half percent. Bond markets caught a little bit of a bid. You can see the Barclays Aggregate Bond Index up eight tenths of a percent last week. Let's get into the economic data. Small business optimism continues to be somewhat uh, weak. Uh, came in at 91.9. That was a little bit above expectations, but you can see clearly in a downtrend uh, for a very extended period of time. Uh, the CPI, which as I mentioned, did better than expected. It was expected to be up three tenths. It was only up one tenth. The year over year number was up expected seven three. It came in at seven one. Goods prices actually fell. Service prices were up a bit. Shelter costs, which is a third of overall CPI, rose significantly. It's one of the reasons the Fed is not ready to give up on uh, the fight, or not ready to call victory, I should say, on on the fight uh, against inflation. Import and export prices, though, do continue to decline. Import prices fell six-tenths. That was more than expected. They're up only 2.7% year over year, getting closer to that Fed's uh, measurement of 2% inflation as their, their target. Initial claims for unemployment, which come out every Thursday, 5.30 a.m. Pacific time, remain well, low, extremely low. 211,000 continuing claims up ever so slightly, 1.67. And this is why the Fed feels that they are free 
to continue to move about their uh, rate hiking balance sheet runoff um, activities because their mandate is to foster full employment while maintaining price stability. And if you only have weekly jobless claims in the low 200,000s, you clearly have full employment. So they feel they're able to continue to do that. They don't have a mandate that says don't have a recession. They don't have a mandate that says have positive GDP growth. Their mandate, lender of last resort, save the banking system. Number two, price stability. And number three, full employment. So with inflation really still elevated, not there yet, despite the fact that it's rolling over, I think they're committing to what they believe, what they know their mandate is, what they believe is the right thing, even if it means tipping us into a recession in 2023. The New York State uh, Regional Manufacturing Survey, a regional PMI, fell into negative territory again, uh, minus 11.2, well worse than expected. So you can see here, we're going back almost 18 months of very choppy manufacturing readings, some of them significantly negative in the New York region. That's followed up with the Philly Fed survey. You can see all that one, two, three, four months in a row of negative, um, six of the last seven, six of the last seven negative, uh, although it was up, but to a still negative number and worse than expected number. So clearly, um, you know, in some degree, we are obviously coming off of the, the huge ramp up in manufacturing as we reopen post COVID. Uh, but now we're coming off of that. We're seeing these uh, negative reports. Retail sales in November fell six tenths, worse than expected. That was the biggest drop in a year. Taking out autos and gas, they were down only two tenths of a percent. Nine out of 13 retail categories fell. That includes uh, automobiles, electronics, furniture, building materials, stores like Home Depot. The only thing that rose, restaurants and bars. We're still excited to get out uh, and have fun post-COVID lockdowns. Industrial production seems to, and capacity utilization seem to have leveled off. This is really good for the fight, of inflation, for the fight against inflation. I've long said that when you get above 80% capacity utilization, that's the red line, that really starts pushing on those inflationary lever, levers. You can see we've come down capacity utilization 79.7. That's very modestly, but, but disinflationary. And industrial production actually fell. Now, S&P Global came out with their flash manufacturing reading. This is not the final reading for December, but it is below 50, meaning it appears manufacturing will have contracted in the month of December. Fell to 46.2. It's a modest contraction. It's not like the contraction numbers we got back when we had the COVID-related shutdown or like the numbers we got in the 08-09 recession. But clearly now, two months in a row, assuming this flash number holds, and I believe it will, two numbers, two months in a row below 50 uh, gets us closer to the point where we're ready to call uh, a recession, even though we're not experiencing job losses. In the services sector, which is a much bigger component of uh, the U.S. economy, it's about 85% of the, of the economy. We also are in contraction, according to the flash reading, but that's on top of one, two, three, four, five. This would be the sixth month in a row for at least this one. Now remember, there's ISM, and you remember last month, I told you that I, the ISM in November completely disagreed with the S&P number, so take it all with a grain of salt. 
but more and more evidence is pointing to a significant economic slowdown. So normally we get this Fed put, right? The economy's beginning to slow, the Fed would either stop raising rates or actually start cutting rates. But this time there's this backdrop of inflation. So we don't get that Fed put that we might've got at other points in the cycle. In fact, the Fed did raise uh, the Fed funds target rate 50 basis points last week from four to four and a half. You can see the steepness of this tightening cycle is very significant. This is the period after the global financial crisis. We started slow, steady hikes here. We were on the way up. You can almost say that this trend, if it had continued, we'd be where we would be. But because of the COVID and the shutdown, massive interest rate cuts took them back to zero. So we've spent the better part, really, of 14 years at around 0% on interest rates, which is really pretty incredible when you think about it. So last week, despite the fact that CPI was better than expected, it did not dissuade the Fed from hiking interest rates, although they went to a 50 basis point hike instead of a 75. The PMIs I just mentioned, worse than expected. None of this dissuaded the Fed. In fact, the Fed doubled down on their hawkish, meaning anti-inflation, rhetoric with the statement that came out of the FOMC meeting. Now, the markets aren't necessarily buying that. The implied peak Fed funds rate, according to WIRP function, that's world interest rate probability on my Bloomberg terminal, they say we're going to be about 4.8 to 4.9, and we're going to peak in about May. Well, that's really not far from where we are. We're at 4.5. It seems that the market believes the Fed's nearly over. But the Fed sent the message that says, we're not done. And we are going to continue to hike. And we believe that that terminal rate is going to be north of 5%, so somewhere up here. And it's going to be there at the end of 2023, which the market thinks is going to be 4.2. So 4.2 up to, say, 5.1, that is a massive divergence. And that is what sent the market lower last week, that the Fed is disagreeing with the market and saying, we're going to continue to aggressively fight inflation. Now, I believe that the Fed is also trying to control expectations through its messaging, whether or not it ever intends to follow through or would follow through, particularly if the economy shows continues to show signs of significant slowing, while CPI, core PCE, PPI, import prices, while those all come down, there's no way the Fed continues. But it is smart to continue to hammer the market with the messaging, and maybe you can get inflation expectations down just with the messaging and the communication. Okay, back to the stock market for a minute. Here's a chart of the S&P 500. It's pretty darn ugly. What do I mean by that? Well, you got a high here, late 21, then you have a lower high here in March, then you have you know a low, and then a lower high, and then a new low, and then a lower high, and now here we go down again. This is just, just as ugly as it gets. One of many technical indicators, none are perfect, but it's been pretty good is this MACD, moving average convergence, divergence, without getting into a whole technical lesson. Uh, when it starts to roll over and that white line is accelerating down and then you start getting the gap in the bars, that typically signals a top and a turning and the market's going lower. No guarantee, but you can see it kind of here, the market went lower kind of here, you know, the market went lower and it looks like it could happen um, again. As I've said all along, I think earnings season is going to be really rough 
And if you're a short-term trader and you want to trade that, good luck to you. I'm not, I'm a long-term investor. So I look at these rough periods as this is when I accumulate my shares. And then the subsequent periods is when the wealth ultimately gets create, created. Um, so I don't think the economy is robust. I don't think inflation is back to 2%. Um, but I do think that we're, we're getting there and we're going to have a rough at least two or three months uh, period. And that's the period in which I would like to accumulate assets for the inevitable rebound. If you're a shorter term trader, different strategy for you. Anyway, uh, this week, housing market already reported worse than expected. Starts and permits tomorrow, home sales, consumer confidence on Wednesday. Third quarter GDP, you know, one of the, another uh, reading. Um, fourth quarter is going to be different, obviously. We'll start getting readings on that in January. Personal income spending on Friday, core PCE, PCE inflation reading, critical. Critical number to determine. Then he's talking about what, how I could be wrong about the market being weak. Let's just say this number came in at zero instead of 0.1. Or let's say it came in at minus 0.1 you would get a huge relief rally in the equity markets. This is one of the many reasons you don't, if you're a long-term investor, you just don't want to trade these things because one little news item, one little economic release, um, you know, could change, could change everything. You want to be out, even though we're kind of negative. No, you don't want to be out. You want to ride through it, expect it. It's part of investing. Now, consumer sentiment, new home sales also on Friday. Thanks, everybody. As I said, uh, we'll be uh, in and out over the next couple of weeks uh, for the holidays, but uh, available if needed. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Slaying Bulls and Bears. If you'd like to download the slides for this week's podcast, go to www.efficient-portfolios.com and join our mailing list. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel, rate us online, and share with a friend if you found this helpful. See you next week.